Welcome to the Parenting is Heart Work podcast. I'm Dr. Scott Taransky, and I'm here with Elena Svetslot from the Netherlands. And, and today we're going to talk about emotional balance. What does it mean for a child to be balanced emotionally? Now, we know our children are unique and, and uh, everybody's on a different kind of path here. But there are some very important things that if we know what they are, then we can bring about some significant influence in our children as we move forward. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Elena, hey, I'm glad to have you with me today to talk about this. Hi, Dr. Scott. Yes, indeed. A very nice to be together again and a very interesting topic we have today. I'm certainly curious to learn more because I think many times um, we have this tendency to look at emotions as bad or good or, you know, we probably envision a person who is balanced emotionally that it's always happy somehow or very um very rarely we think that some that's other negative in quotation marks emotions are part of that balance so i'm certainly um very keen to unlearn <laughs> some of the things that that we probably um kind of have um learned so much about uh in previous years and then um so i'm very interested to hear more a bit about yeah what what how would you define emotional balance uh, at a more deeper level and uh, what does that mean for us practically as parents and for our children yeah I, that's a really good question so let's start with the emotions we usually consider to be negative emotions mm-hmm. in fact there are three big ones they are anger disappointment or sadness and anxiety and the first thing we have to acknowledge is that god created us as emotional beings some people are more emotionally uh, active or sensitive than others are. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that we need to manage these emotions well. Now, I would suggest, first of all, that God created us, us as emotional beings, and every one of the emotions, even if they're negative, so to speak, have some benefits. So disappointment helps us reevaluate our values, and anger helps us see uh, that something's wrong in a situation. Sometimes the wrong thing is in my heart, but there's something wrong here. It's not fitting. And so we're angry because of the wrongness of it all. And then sometimes there's uh, anxiety in a person's heart, which isn't always bad. It, it's that uh, conscientiousness that makes me, you know, at the end of the month, they, oh, I need to make sure I pay my bills if they're due on the end of the month or, or that uh, uncomfortable feeling I have when I need to get gas in my car. There's this sense of, of anxiety that isn't bad. It just, um, it helps us to go forward and to be on track with things. But each one of these negative emotions crosses a line at some point. And we need to recognize where that line is and what to do about it. And this, that's the primary issue here with children, that most children don't know where the line is. They just react out of their emotions and they need some training in order to help them move forward. So that's why I wrote this book. Uh, that's a free ebook on my website right now. At least it's free. It's called Equipping children to self-regulate emotions and people can find it at biblicalparenting.org. The idea here is that, uh, and we're going to talk about something from that book, this idea of emotional balance. The idea here is that um, the children can learn a lot and grow in their emotional management when parents are in tune with a a biblical understanding of emotions and then the Mm -hmm. solutions for them. Yeah, I really like um, you speak speak in your book about Look, you look at the emotions and then um, talk about the um, counterpart, so anger versus love, for example. And you bring up the 
verse from Ephesians 4 um, with 26, you say, in your anger, do not sin, which I think for many of us, it's such a still <laughs> something difficult to uh, comprehend because most of us think that anger, uh, when we get upset or angry, it, it's a sin. So um, tell us, Dr. Scott, why did you start there? And, and um, how do we get angry w- without sinning? And how do we teach our children uh, not to do that or where to see that line, like you said? Well, let's start with a statement I like to make regarding anger. It goes this way. Anger is good for identifying problems, but not good for solving them. So if we use anger for its God-given purpose, then it's like a light flashing on the dashboard. And we ask ourselves, why is that light flashing? Sometimes it's flashing because of something inside of my heart. I'm angry because uh, I'm holding on to this right and somebody violated my right. Um, or maybe this something is out there that, you know, I mean, as parents, we get angry with our kids when they're fighting or arguing. That anger is because something's going wrong here. And so we need to know that, but we don't solve the problem with anger. If you solve the problem with anger, then you end up hurting people. Uh, you end up damaging relationships. It, it starts to crust over some stuff in your heart we call bitterness. It's just not good. But we can solve problems. We just don't want to do them with anger. So uh, we need to be able to move into a strategy in order to do that. So that's really the purpose of anger in that it as a, um, an asset and parents can use it as a flag to move forward. Now, if we're going to try to re- reduce anger, because I don't think that having a high propensity to get angry is good. Some people get angry a lot and maybe they need to tone it down a little bit. Maybe they need not just have self-control. Maybe they need to develop the quality of peace in their lives. How do you do that, I think, is a very important qual- a, a question. Mm-hmm. And so what I've tried to do in the book, in part, is to, to not talk about correcting children alone, but talk about where do we go. Mm-hmm. And one of the continuums we see is this continuum that you mentioned already, which is love versus anger. There's a continuum, and love is on one side and anger is on the other. If you want to grow in your love, then you're going to reduce your anger. It's just going to happen. Uh, And we see this in 1 Corinthians 13, where it says love is not easily angered. It's just one of those characteristics of of love. When you're more uh, others focused and when you're being more loving, then your anger quotient decreases. And so uh, it's this big continuum that we're on. We're all on it, not just our children, but we're on it too. But if we're going to help children make some changes in their anger um, management, It's not all about self-control and having an anger management plan. We do those things. Um, What we want to do is we want to help children recognize there's something else they can work on and that something else is love. And practice love and watch your anger decrease is a major area of life. Yeah, that is is indeed a very good, um, a very good, I wouldn't call it necessarily a standard, but a very good uh, practice for us and for the children. I think is something so powerful if we could indeed think about it as a continuum and think about moving from f- further and further away from uh, from an emotion and going into something else. So even when parents, um, for example, make a plan or or have have a vision meeting with their children, even trying to explain that um, in a more visual way to talk about that continuum. It's it's going to be helpful, I think, for children to understand that it's not just it's not just on one side, but there's two sides, and there's uh, different, very different um, 
feelings at both sides, which are certainly important. And Dr. Scott, we spoke in a previous episode already about uh, disappointment. We we met, we touched upon uh, quite deeply on what it is. So I won't I won't go through that. You are also mentioning uh, about that in the book. Um, about sadness versus joy, and then you speak about disappointment. Um, we we spoke also in in, in the episode about um, being thankful, but we um, we haven't spoken so much about peace. Um, you mentioned anxiety ver- versus uh, or versus peace. Um, I think this peace is is, is perhaps sometimes uh, also a misunderstood concept. Um, how would you define peace, and how do we explain that to our children? Well, I think sometimes people think about peace in terms of external environment, that if I, I get into a quiet place, I can experience peace. Mm. If we understand the peace that we see that God wants us to have, it's going to come in the midst of trials, problems, frustration, chaos. Mm. This is very important. When, I, when I'm training parents to work with their children, sometimes parents are just not at peace in their life because Things aren't going well, and there's a lot of uh, drama and so on. But I do think that if parents have a plan and they learn, they can learn how to trust the Lord, even in chaos, and experience peace, and they're much more effective as parents then. Now, if we apply that to children, the, the concept of peace could be used for any of the emotions, whether it's anger, disappointment, or anxiety. But I like to focus in specifically on anxiety because that's what Jesus uh, or what the Bible does in Philippians chapter four, it says, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, mm-hmm. make your requests known to God. And and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart mm-hmm. and your mind in Christ Jesus. So there's this peace that is the great exchange, especially when it comes to anxiety. Anxiety is a good emotion. It makes us conscientious about things, but when it gets crosses the line, then, uh, then children can't sleep or they get uh, feel, feeling sick and won't eat or, or uh, they're just uh, overcome by fears. And, and that's when we get into um, a problem. So what we want to do is teach children what peace looks like in a practical way. And I don't think it, it, when we're talking about anxiety, it's not just about arguing children out of their position. I think when you argue with kids who get anxious, you usually find yourself helping them entrench themselves in their problem. We, you can try to convince a child that the probability of a of lightning striking our house and catching it on fire is very low. However, the child comes back and says, but it's possible. And uh, it's hard to argue with that. Really what a child needs to learn how to do when feeling anxious and over the line is they need to learn how to jump tracks. Mm-hmm. We need to do what the next verse in Philippians 4 says. It says, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's just, whatever's right, and so on. Think on these things. and And that... Uh, what Paul is saying is stop the cyclonic thinking in your mind that's driving you to feel anxiety and jump tracks over to the peaceful track. You know, choose what you're going to think of that's different. Because if you just spend your time thinking about all the bad things and they start feeling worse and then terrible and disastrous and the end of the world is is ever present. So uh, we've got to stop going down that path and we've got to move over to another path, and that's the path of peace. And that often comes by thinking about things that are noble and right and just and true. And, and I encourage children to make a page in a notebook for each one of those. Define what does it mean to be noble? And uh, what, what are some things I can think of 
when I'm starting to feel anxious that are uh, noble. So it's those things that we're trying to um, help children do in practical terms. Uh, it's not easy. Anxiety is one of those things. If you just let it go. It just takes over. So you have to develop some discipline in order to be able to move forward. Mm. And what would be some practical advice we can give our children um, or we could see in our children when they cross the line? How do we know when we cross the line or how do we know when they cross? How can we say, this will help you know when you cross the line and then that's, you know, cross the line between an emotion that's that you, and then it's, it's a moment where we need to stop or we need to reverse, we need to go in the other direction. Yeah. Okay. So that's a really good question. I'm glad you're asking that. Because remember, not all anxiety is bad. Hmm. And I do think we want to help our children grasp that reality. Hmm. that or, or anger. You know, a child's angry because some other child took his toy. Hmm. And so we want to say, we want to have empathy for the emotion. So I can tell why you're feeling anxious about that test tomorrow. It's, a, it's not going to be an easy one. Hmm. So we start there with empathy. But then I think we move into a plan. Look, here's what you need to do. Do the best you can at studying for that test. And then you're going to have to trust in the rest. You're going to have to let it go. So um, that letting it go is a very important part of what we do. And how do you know when you're crossing, when children have crossed the line? We usually know because they have now done something that is um, uh, tension producing in the relationship or they are, um, they have started to hurt someone else or become demanding or their emotion is paralyzing them or dominating they become enraged that's uh, anger dominating a person uh, and that that happens in any of the emotions and and so parents need to be sensitive to that uh, recognizing that emotions are difficult so we empathize with children we comfort them when we can but then we say look we can't continue on in this way you really need to let this go so you can move forward and it's hard i mean we as adults know it's hard to let something go And so it's one of those growth experiences for children. We're teaching them, you got to let it go. You, and usually that means you got to choose other things to think about. I love that song that in The Sound of Music, when uh, Julie Andrews is on the bed with the kids during a storm. And, and it's the song, and I, I even use this in counseling sometimes. When I'm working with a child who's anxious and I'm trying to teach them about jumping tracks, I said, let me show you this clip. It's a clip that's on YouTube. You can just bring it up. It's called um, something like My Favorite Things by Sound of Music. And it's that song that says, uh, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so bad. Now, I, I think that that's a uh, humanistic way of looking at this same issue, but I, I think that's what God is saying here. Choose what is true, right, noble and just, and so on. I, I think that God is saying the same thing. He just doesn't put it to melody, that we need to choose things to think about that are different so that we're not overcome by the storms of life. That's what I think peace is. We choose peace, and the more we practice it, the less we allow anxiety to control us in our lives. You mentioned um, in a previous episode how to stop our children when they um, are being told no, when, they, when we say no to them, and then they start arguing back, and you said we should just um, move away from um, the argument into the process by saying, well, Um, it looks like you're arguing with me and now we're, um, so I cannot continue this conversation. Are there any other things we can say or are there uh, when a child is anxious or can we say something that's powerful that would, uh, besides the song you just mentioned, but is there something in everyday by day life 
that we can say that's very strong that would help them i don't know um uh make that make that switch in a in a in a way that's i don't know uh better because sometimes we don't know what to say you mentioned being empathic uh also and and but are there any i don't know any other w- ways you can think that we can help them by with our words Yes, let's just go straight to the Bible and answer that question because Jesus says to his disciples in John 14:1, "Do not let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid." Mm-hmm. And he goes on to explain, "Hey, I'm going away from you, but then I'm going to come back. And when I come back, I'm going to take you to be with me. You know the way I'm going." And Thomas says, "Wait a minute. We don't know the way you're going." And Jesus says, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." So that's the summary of the first six verses. But then he goes on later and he says, "When I go away, I'm going to send to you the comforter or the paraclete. That comforter is the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us and comforts us. I just think one of the greatest gifts we can give to children to help them deal with their emotions is comfort. Mm-hmm. Now, I think some children, uh, comfort allows for physical touch. I mm-hmm. say, look, it looks like you're angry. Why don't you come over here? Let me hold you, breathe a little bit here. Now, some kids are angry, don't want to be anywhere near anybody else, and we have to be sensitive to that. But a child who's anxious, we say, come on, Come on over here. I know you're feeling anxious. You got to let it go. Come over here and let me hold you for a minute. I, I just think that is the emulating the comfort of God. I mean, certainly we want to point our children to God and teach them how to receive the comfort of God as David does in the Psalms. But uh, I, I also think that parents become these hands and feet for the Lord sometimes, just as a friend might do so for me in my life. If I'm feeling upset about something, the Lord may bring a friend into my life to comfort me or listen to me talk. And God speaks through that friend in a very powerful way. So I do think that uh, comfort is valuable, and sometimes it doesn't involve a lot of words, mm-hmm. but it is a valuable tool that we give to our children. Yeah, that's a powerful, and I think it's um, obviously underrated because sometimes we think we should make our children strong and physical uh, attention or comfort is perhaps not the right the right way to do that. So I do want to encourage parents to to do that more and even in the midst of an argument, and you know, a hug can really break some of the emotion. So thank you for that, Dr. Scott. I really think this is such a powerful, um, powerful topic. I never cease to learn. So um, I want to be uh, really um, uh, focused here on one more, uh, one more aspect of this, um, of this part of, of our conversation, and that is, are there any things we as parents shouldn't do that you say this is a no-go or um, we speak a lot of what to do and that's really great. Um, should we stay clear of certain things or certain things to say? Um, are there any areas in which we should avoid with our children when they go through certain emotions like this? Yeah, let me just summarize some things that are in this book. So I think people should download this book from biblicalparenting.org and they'll see some of these things. But if you have a child who's particularly anxious, then you don't want to overemphasize safety. Uh, when we overemphasize safety in our lives, we uh, we become more anxious. I think safety is a valuable um, a value and goal, but it is not our primary goal. As Christians, our goal is not safety. So we wouldn't put on a Christian's back of their car, safety is my goal. Why? Because Christians go past all kinds of safety measures in order to share Christ with people, in order to reach out for the kingdom. Uh, to go and help other people that are in need, we bypass some of the safety things and take risks. Now, again, safety is important, but if we overemphasize it, then anxiety is the result. If we overemphasize pleasure in a child's life, making them happy, 
then disappointment becomes a dominant emotion that they have. So we have to be careful about overemphasizing pleasure. When it comes to anger, the, the children often say that's not fair. And so in the book, I talk more about how do we help uh, not you get how do we help children get over this idea that life is not fair? Because the reality is life isn't fair. And so we have I give some ideas about how to deal with that. The point is, there are a lot of things that parents do that can either uh, help child uh, to have more of an emotional balance or can contribute to some of their imbalance. So I've tried to identify some of those things. I don't want parents to feel guilty, but I do want them to have a plan so that they know here's where we're going and here's what we can do. That's so powerful. I'm glad I asked that question, actually, because I think we do have this tendency uh, to be over overprotective and, and sometimes uh, even from bad habits, we, you know, we um, overemphasize safety or pleasure, you know, um, having fun and this kind of thing. So, or fairness or trying to make everything equal. So that's really very, um, very powerful. Thank you for that. Um, before we end our episode, Dr. Scott, I will, um, I want to encourage parents that are listening to the podcast to, to give us a review. Um, even just um, giving us a, a five-star review, um, also a uh, a comment about a comment about the the work we're doing here um, and how this helps them in their daily lives. It would be very very appreciated. That will get us uh, in more uh, in in the ears of more parents. So, if you want to help us to uh, reach more families, uh, dear parents or dear uh, listeners, please. Um, don't hesitate to give us a quick feedback. It takes very short. It takes a minute. So uh, please do that. And before we end, Dr. Scott, are there any words um, you want to share with parents at the end? One of the fun things about this book and about our coaching program is that parents often say this, this isn't just for my kids. I need this too. <laughs> and I agree and because the principles that we have developed for children are just adult principles broken down on a developmental level. So I believe the family is a laboratory for growth. I think we say to our children sometimes, hey, I'm feeling anxious about my meeting that's coming up, or uh, I, I'm, I'm angry because of this driver that drove crazy on the road. I think we talk about our emotions and, and we help our children see that we're growing in our emotional balance as well. When we do this, I think children feel this sense of, of, of empowerment, that they're not alone in this problem, because emotional challenges can be quite difficult in any of our lives. So being able to achieve the emotional balance that God designed for us, I think is very important. And I think this book will help parents as well as it helps uh, their children. Yes, absolutely. And um, it's a 50 page book from what I see. So I think within uh, a few hours, <laughs> it's going to be done and dusted. So parents do, uh, do go at biblicalparenting.org um, and download your copy and read it. Thank you so much once again, Dr. Scott, and uh, until next time, God bless you.